Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. What's better than free? How about play free all year? This January at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel Milwaukee, you can win over $2,000 in reward play every month all year long. Just play your favorite games to earn prize drawing entries. Then stop by each Thursday night in January to see if you're a winner. $400,000 in prizes is up for grabs. Over 40 winners each week. Yeah, free is for me. More info at PaysBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. Brandon Hole was a very troubled teenager from Indianapolis. His mother, Sheila, had spent basically her son's whole life trying to get him help while also trying to keep herself safe from his violent abuse. I'm talking a ton of therapy that seemed to go nowhere, police intervention, and even an investigation by the FBI. 
there were so many warning signs over the years that he was just one bad day away from completely exploding and possibly inflicting mass violence on others. But in April of 2021, he actually seemed to be getting a little better. That day, he appeared positive, upbeat, and he began making plans for the future to try to turn his life around. What no one knew was that Brandon was at his absolute worst, and on a day where he enjoyed takeout and a haircut from his mom, he carried out Annapolis' worst mass shooting in history at a FedEx ground facility. Sadly, mass shootings in America are not uncommon, but we're going to talk about the things that make Brandon Hull's story much different than the other mass shooters. So let's jump right in. Brandon Hull was born on August 20th, 2001. When he was little, his mother Sheila described him as a happy little boy who loved fishing and roller coasters. All of that would change when he turned three years old. There were two big events in his early life that would forever change the trajectory of his future, the first one being the suicide of his father. Before his dad took his own life, he would often witness his parents getting into violent altercations with each other. When his mother would try to leave, his father would threaten to kill himself. And eventually, one day, he did just that. His body would be discovered in the backyard by a neighbor, and Brandon was only three years old at the time. It was really rough on him. Meanwhile, Sheila also began to notice some new, odd behaviors that he was displaying. It went beyond grieving the death of his father. At just four years old, he began to experience massive fits of rage anytime one of his routines was changed or interrupted. He showed signs of being depressed, even though he was just a young child, and he would even threaten his mother that he would do to himself what his dad did, meaning he would take his own life. It's really difficult to imagine a four-year-old with these kinds of thoughts, and it made him feel really alone and isolated. As for Sheila, his mother, she had no idea what to do to help him. As Brandon got older, the symptoms seemed to only worsen. On top of the depression and the severe temper tantrums, he also demanded to wear three pairs of shorts. Three, always three. When he was watching TV, he would sit there and rock back and forth as he watched. His mother decided to take him to see a mental health professional, and he was diagnosed with having obsessive compulsive disorder, disruptive behavior disorder, and generalized anxiety disorder. For this treatment, this 10-year-old child was prescribed 5 milligrams of Lexapro. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this kind of drug, it's very commonly used to treat depression and anxieties, but typically in adults. The following year, when Brandon was 11 years old, he would commit his first violent crime against his own mother. There was an incident at their home where Brandon was having a playful water fight with his mother's boyfriend, Keith. This playful water fight took a wrong turn when this boyfriend sprayed Brandon with the hose and Brandon threw an absolute fit, locking himself in the bathroom and destroying anything around him in there. Sheila tried to get Brandon to open the door because she was terrified that he was going to hurt himself. Instead, after a while, he barged out of the bathroom and right at his mother. He punched her, he kicked her, and he even bit her. Sheila pleaded for help, 
but this didn't stop Brandon from attacking her. He even went on to grab a knife and stab her. Thankfully, it was a shallow stab wound, so she was okay after receiving some medical attention. The police arrived on the scene, and they were thankfully able to subdue him as he had his mother trapped in the living room. Thankfully, Sheila only suffered a small wound on her forearm, a small, shallow stab wound, but she was terrified of her own child. 11-year-old Brandon was arrested that day and charged with battery, criminal confinement, and intimidation. However, he only spent just a few hours at a juvenile facility before he was released and eventually given probation. He went back home to live with his mother, the mother that he had just violently attacked. Sheila was rightfully afraid for her life, but there was nowhere else for Brandon to go. She continued to take him to therapy in hopes that he might get better, but he continued to struggle, constantly getting into fights at school. In 2014, Sheila decided to take Brandon out of the public school system altogether and to begin homeschooling him. A social worker would do home visits every week to monitor the situation, and it seemed like everyone was just trying to manage day by day. Sadly, Brandon would give up on any and all academics, never finishing his education beyond a 6th grade level. Now that he wasn't going to school and he wasn't learning at home, he had far too much time on his hands. With his deteriorating mental health, he didn't have any friends, and he was too young to go out and get a job. He was basically stuck at home with nothing meaningful to do, so he got himself into some trouble he began exploring the dark corners of the internet. It's said that Brandon became obsessed with mass shootings, meaning his search engine history was just full of information about guns, shootings, serial killers, and violence, and he was still just a child. In 2015, when he was 14 years old, his mental health was assessed by the Riley's Children's Foundation. He was honest and upfront about his newfound obsession with mass shootings. However, he would also tell those professionals treating him that he felt bad for the victims and their families, and that he just couldn't see himself doing something like that. His medical reports would say that he showed empathy towards the victims. It's unclear whether he really felt that way at the time, or if he knew what he had to say to get everyone off his back. Over the next few years, Brandon gave up on his medication. He became really isolated from the rest of the world, and he spent most of the time on his computer. These are both red flags that he was mentally getting much worse, in addition to not even taking his medication. Sheila tried the best that she could to manage her teenage son. She loved him with all of her heart, and at the same time, she knew that he was very capable of hurting himself and possibly others. She was kind of stuck. Because he was so young, Brandon had to continue living in the home, being raised by the mother that he abused. Beyond the therapy sessions, there wasn't a whole lot out there in terms of help for him. And things were escalating. On March 2nd, 2020, when Brandon was 18 years old, he decided that he wanted to buy a gun. At first, his mother refused to take him when he asked for a ride, but eventually she agreed to take him to the army surplus store to have a look around. 
And you're probably having the same reaction that I had when I first heard that. Why on earth would this mother take him to buy a gun, knowing everything that she knows? Well, he was 18 years old. He was legally allowed to buy a gun on his own. At least with Sheila there, she could watch what he was buying. Take note. She knew very well that he was extremely depressed, and her worry was that he was going to kill himself. She was relieved and thankful to hear that the store that they were at was sold out of bullets. However, Brandon was able to successfully purchase a shotgun that day. That night when Sheila and Brandon got home, Sheila went into another room and she made a phone call to law enforcement. She wanted to give them a heads up that Brandon had just purchased this weapon and also expressed concern for him possibly taking his life possibly a suicide by cop type situation because that's something that he had talked about a lot in the past. Thankfully, authorities took her concerns seriously and the following day on March 3rd, the mobile crisis assistance team showed up at their front door. They put Brandon in handcuffs while they confiscated the gun that he had just purchased. While they were there, Brandon kept looking at his computer as if he didn't want them to look at it. Of course, they did search the computer and they pulled his search history, and then they took him to a mental health facility for an assessment. Sheila was hoping that they would be able to maybe put a hold on him, at least for a few days. However, it was only just a few hours later that she would receive a phone call telling her to come pick him up. The medical reports this time would reveal that Brandon had told the doctor that he felt fine, he was not suicidal, and he hadn't said anything about wanting to die by a cop. They took him at his word, and they released him back to his mother. His computer searches would reveal different layers of Brandon's life that not many people were aware of, the biggest one being his obsession with My Little Pony. Yes, the cartoon show. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. 
That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hey, I'm Kat, mom of three and founder of Ritual, the company setting a new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant with my first daughter, I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and thinking, what's in this stuff? All I found were vitamins high in heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and lacking in the very essential nutrients we need. I believe women deserve to know what they are putting in their bodies and why. So at four months pregnant, I quit my job to reinvent the prenatal vitamin. We scoured the world for the best quality ingredients, backed by clinical studies and third-party tested for heavy metals and microbes. And this year, we were awarded the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project the supplement safety certification that tests for 200 harmful chemicals and toxins. With Ritual, you'll know where your ingredients come from and why we use them. Join our family of skeptics with 40% off your first month when you visit ritual.com slash podcast. This is often the piece of information that I've seen used in the headlines about Brandon Hole because it catches people's attention. And I've got to admit, it made me click on the article. We don't often consider young men enjoying cartoons most popular with little girls, but there is a huge community of guys just like Brandon. They're known as bronies, which is a combo of the words bro and ponies. Brandon had at least two Facebook pages dedicated to My Little Pony, and he was a big part of several online communities. Bronies seem to be a mixed bag of people, with some really enjoying the light, cheerful, upbeat tone of the cartoon. But this subculture also seems to draw in Nazis, white supremacists, and predators. 
So on these My Little Pony online communities, you'll find colorful fan art, innocent drawings of beloved characters, and then you'll find graphics of these same images with swastikas and racial slurs and other neo-Nazi imagery. Brandon really liked having this online community of other men with similar interests to him. Whether he was genuinely interested in the cartoon or the controversial subculture, I think we can assume that it's the latter, just because of the rest of his search history. Brandon visiting extremist websites, including a ton of forums about mass shootings. This was such a huge failure of safeguards that are put in place to stop mentally unwell people from being able to purchase guns. On one hand, authorities had enough reason to confiscate his gun, but on the other hand, all Brandon had to do was deny everything, and it was basically just swept under the rug. What should have happened at this point was authorities should have enacted on Indiana's red flag law, which is also known as the Jake Laird Law, who was an officer killed by a mentally ill person who had previously had his gun confiscated by authorities. Now at that time, there was no law in place, so they had to give this mentally unwell person their weapons back, and then he went on to kill a police officer with those same weapons. After Brandon's first gun was confiscated, according to this red flag law, there was supposed to be a competency hearing no later than 14 days after he had his gun taken. If an affidavit would have been filed with a court and a hearing taking place, Brandon would have been evaluated at that time to determine whether the gun should go back to him or if he's a risk. And if he is a risk, the authorities can then keep the gun and either suspend his gun license or ban him from legally owning any other guns. And this is exactly what Sheila was hoping for when she called the authorities after he purchased his first weapon. For whatever reason, this didn't happen, and Brandon would go on to legally purchase two more rifles that would be used to carry out mass violence. About a year before that would happen, the FBI and an Indiana state trooper would visit Brandon at his home to talk about his search history and what they should do with his confiscated gun. They asked him about his interest in My Little Pony and if he was a neo-Nazi, and according to Sheila, Brandon became visibly upset over these specific questions. He denied having any affiliation with the neo-Nazis in that online community. They asked Brandon what he planned to do with his life, and Brandon mentioned that he might join the military or he might actually want to join the FBI. And it was made abundantly clear to him that that was not going to happen with his criminal history. Brandon was asked what they would like done with his confiscated shotgun, and he told them that they could destroy it. He didn't want the gun back. He wasn't depressed or planning on using the gun in any criminal way. He claimed that he bought it so that he could go hunting with one of his friends. However, now he didn't care to have the weapon and he was going to be focusing on bettering his life, including getting his GED. He was telling them all of the right things and the authorities seemed to buy it time and again. He did take some positive action though. He began a new job working at a FedEx and he was making decent money. He even had enough money to move out on his own. 
Now that he was getting out of the house more and contributing to society, his mother hoped that everything was changing for the better. Maybe he had just needed to grow up a little bit, get a job, and get his life back on track. But that was not to be. Instead, over the next few months, Brandon saved his money to purchase two new guns. He received over $3,000 in stimulus checks, which gave him more than enough cash to purchase two guns that he had wanted. Which is insane to think about. The U.S. government literally paid for the guns that would be used to kill multiple innocent people. They gave $3,000 to a 19-year-old boy who had severe depression on top of numerous other mental health issues and violent tendencies so that he could buy two rifles. Make it make sense. By the time 2021 rolled around, Brandon was in a worse mental state than ever. He suddenly stopped showing up to work. He seemed to be spiraling again down a dark hole. He was very angry to the point where he decided to call the FBI and basically rant and rave and yell at them about his experience in dealing with them. He was angry about all of their accusations of him being a danger to society and possibly a neo-Nazi. He claimed that they were ruining his chance of ever getting accepted by the military. About a month before the shooting, Sheila took Brandon to the Midtown Westside Clinic for emergency counseling. They sat in the waiting room for hours, wanting to see a health professional, but unfortunately that day, the clinic was seriously understaffed, and they wound up not being able to see Brandon at all. At the end of March, Brandon was able to meet with a different mental health professional, where he expressed how angry he can get, and how he had attempted to take his own life after that FBI raid. It was noted in his medical records that he could be a risk to himself, and others, and that he lacked empathy. There would be one last counseling session where Sheila accompanied Brandon. This was kind of her final chance to really try to get him help. They scheduled more sessions because it was very clear that Brandon was in a crisis. But it was all too late. It would never be. In the early evening of April 15th, 2021, Sheila returned home from work. Brandon was now once again living with her because he had quit that job. She described Brandon as being in an unusually good mood. In the previous months, he struggled to even get out of bed. But today, they were enjoying takeout dinner together. And it felt good. When they were done... Brandon asked his mother if maybe she could give him a haircut, which she did. And then Brandon decided to have a warm bath, and they both went to bed, or so Sheila thought. At 11 p.m. that evening, Brandon would be caught on the security cameras, pulling into the parking lot of the FedEx SmartPost facility where he used to work. He had brought his two rifles with him. He walked inside and he began to open fire on anyone he crossed paths with. He had no specific intended targets. Instead, he shot at random as the victims were running for their lives. 911 would get calls from several individuals reporting that there was a shooting, with many of those believing that there was actually two shooters just because of the rapid gunfire. For others, all they could do was hide, there were areas of the facility where no cell phones were allowed, so they couldn't even call for help. When Brandon was finished unleashing terror inside the building, he moved to the parking lot, 
where again he began shooting as people tried to flee. Then he took his own life. His body would be found wearing a My Little Pony t-shirt that featured his favorite character. Less than an hour before this mass shooting, he had put up a message on his Facebook page that read, quote, I hope that I can be with Applejack in the afterlife. My life has no meaning without her. If there's no afterlife and she isn't real, then my life never mattered anyway. And he included a photo of himself holding his shotgun. In the very short amount of time that Brandon was there, he managed to kill eight innocent people ranging in age from just 19 years old to 74 years old. He wounded five more. Sheila Hole had tried so desperately to get her son help, to prevent something just like this from happening. But time after time, Brandon just seemed to slip through the cracks. And this is exactly why I wanted to cover Brandon's story. Usually when there's a mass shooting, there were warning signs that people say went missed. After the person has done the shooting and been caught or killed themselves, then we look at their past history and see all of the red flags and we kind of say, whoops. Well, in this case, all of Brandon's warning signs were noticed and examined and documented. He was in therapy. His guns had been confiscated by the police. They were watching what kind of things he was searching for online. Yet still, it was not prevented. Brandon said all of the right things to escape being found out, but it shouldn't be as simple as saying, don't worry, I won't do it. The fact that Brandon Hole was a brony is the least important part of this story. It's all of the red flags that did not go missed, but mostly went ignored. Laws that have been created to protect the public that simply were not acted on. I do not foresee gun reform in the U.S. happening anytime soon, so at the very least, policies that are currently in place should actually be followed to protect the public. Otherwise, what's the point? Sheila never buried her son or even had a funeral for him. She has never grieved, instead saying, quote, When you took innocent lives, you made that choice for me. So when somebody says they can't believe that you're not grieving your son's death, I say, he made that choice. I'm not choosing to grieve his death. I cannot. You took innocent people out of this world. Who do you think you are? Nope. No. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper. Or I post things on TikTok, Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. And if you're not watching on YouTube, I do post all of my podcast episodes over there too. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Dean. I'm the dad. I'm Laura. I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn. I'm the daughter. And together we are Family Plot. The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. Minus all the oogie bits. We are PG-13. We're almost 15 now. in the commercial. Do catch us looking into special topics like... The origins of fairy tales. Sherlock Holmes. And the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!